There's a rebound the Jazz needed their 14th. Oh, Joe. No, oh, no, 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 no. I hope it's knee to knee, and I hope it's nothing else. But Joe is uh, in pain. He's been so durable during his career. And you heard him yell too, man. Timeout, Utah. This just brings heartache to me, and I know Jazz Nation to watch this. Uh, the crowd goes silent at Target Center. Jazz Nation, hold your breath. We'll take we'll, we'll take a timeout and be back. You just hope for the best. But such a cog of what the Jazz are all about. One of the fan favorites. He's got the attitude, the grit, the grime. You know, he's just a guy that loves the game. Well, that was the devastating moment that Joe Ingles uh, fell and the result of which has been that he will miss the, the rest of the NBA season. Severe damage uh, to his knee, required assistance to leave the 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 court and uh, was cheered on by the rival crowd, such as the respect that uh, the competition has for him and the Australian basketball community. And by the looks of it, the American basketball community too, genuinely devastated uh, for one of the most popular players uh, that we've produced. And certainly someone who is highly regarded uh, in the world of basketball. And Pete Hooley's been good enough to jump on the line to talk about that and all things basketball. Hello, old mate. G'day, mate. Good to talk to you. Uh, it's great to have you. This, I, just gutted personally when I saw it. And that seems to be the feeling we see this all, we see players injured all the time, but there are some players that when it happens to, it just hurts a little bit more, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, I was actually watching the game and straight away when you just know it's a non-contact injury and especially guys who you've seen potentially get injured before and, and be so tough and you can just tell straight away that it's a serious one. Um, and just a guy, I mean, you talk about Australian basketball landscape over the last 10 years, and obviously Paddy Mills is number one, and then you, you, you're thinking Joe Ingles. He's the one who's been alongside Paddy for the whole journey. He worked his way into where he got to in the NBA, and just a big credit to him. And anyone who knows him personally, he's just a phenomenal person as well. So, uh, yeah, really, really tough to see. Uh, really tough to obviously hear the confirmed news. I think we all probably knew when we first saw it. So... It's amazing that once that happens, I mean, we're still trying to get our heads around it and there's still so much to play out with his recovery and, you know, what that might mean for him. But given that the age that he is currently 34 years old, um, he's had an incredible NBA career. I mean, the Utah Jazz have been regular um, playoff participants. He's been an integral part of that. You hear when their superstar Donovan Mitchell talks about the impact that Joe Ingles has had on his career, you you heard about when every single one of the players was interviewed after how devastated they were. So he is absolutely beloved by the, that team, by that city, and certainly well-respected within the NBA that we're already asking the question, what next? Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing at, at Joe's age um, and, and just the way that Joe plays. I mean, Joe's never been the most explosive player. and he, He'll attest to that. He, he plays in a unique style. And, um, yeah, it, it's a big question that I'm sure... Uh, he doesn't even want to think about right now. He's just focusing on the surgery and then the rehab and then letting all that unfold. But I think what definitely is in his favour is the fact that of how good of a locker room guy he is um, and in terms of that leadership and uh, being able to shoot the ball the way he shoots the ball is something that when he comes back from this, he should hold him in some good stead to potentially... The timing of it is is obviously horrible. It's a contract year, but... Um, depending on what happens with, with Utah, if they just decide to bring him on for one more year and knowing he'll play the second half or he enters free agency when he's fully healthy and a contender picks him up, there, there's plenty of options left out there for him. Yeah, so there's just so many choices that, that this guy's going to have. And, and he's, he's, you know, the city of Utah has fallen in love with him. He, in turn, 
loves them. And he has spoken about what the, the city and the franchise have done for him and his family, uh, with his children as well, the support that which they've given. It seems that it would be really, really hard for him to pick up and go somewhere else for, for a short time. Well, absolutely. I mean, before he even got hurt, there was a lot of whispers that potentially he was going to be traded before the NBA trade deadline, which would have been devastating for Utah, the fan base of how they've adopted Joe. I think uh, even probably the organization, but when it comes down to, you know, it's a, it's a business and, and what has to be done. Uh, I'm not sure how far those talks progressed, but yeah, it would be, it would be interesting and, and tough for him to part ways with the jazz. And I think everybody would love, even Utah jazz teammates would love to see Utah pick him up on at least one year deal, knowing that he gets to do all his recovery and everything there, and then come back halfway through the season and join the team. And then obviously decide what happens from there. That'd probably be the best case scenario. So then the question is about, well, what about the NBL? I mean, we've got a situation at the moment where Matthew Delavadova is here and and especially the last couple of games has really been stamping his authority on the league. Um, you've got Aaron Baines. We're not sure about what his future holds as he makes a return from one of the most frightening experiences that, that I can remember hearing that an athlete's gone through. And if you haven't read that story, if you're listening now, uh, jump on to ESPN, just Google Aaron Baines and just familiarise yourself with what he went through after the fall coming off the court uh, in Tokyo to, to what he's been through since and what he continues to have to battle on his road to recovery. But we could find a situation where some of our most beloved boomers uh, over the journey might all be in the NBL and there'd be no shortage of teams clamouring for all of them. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Um, he obviously Aaron Baines, just to see him sitting back courtside of the Bullets was an awesome thing after what he's been through. But, yeah, Ingles, I mean, I've spoken to Ingles along the journey. He used to work out with us in, at Melbourne United. And um, I think it's pretty safe to say that if, when he is ready to come back to the NBL, it's going to be either the two Melbourne teams. I can't really see him going anywhere else. And Adelaide fans won't like that, him being an Adelaide boy. But that's just where his home is when he comes to Australia. So I can't see him... Between United and the Phoenix, one of those two would be bidding pretty highly for a signature. And, I mean, how big would that be in terms of the league? I mean, obviously, it's a nine- to 12-month recovery for, for the knee injury that he's got. And then, hopefully, he can rehabilitate to the full extent. But just how big a, a coup would that be to a guy that's still averaging around eight points a game, around five assists a game? Yeah, his three-point percentage has dropped off ever so slightly this year, um, but he's still shooting at over 50% from the field. Um, how big a, a signing would that be for the NBL? Oh, I mean, it'd be massive. And I think it's um, it's not a, a matter of if he's going to come back. It's just a matter of when. He's always spoke about it. He always said he's going to finish his career in the NBL. There's no doubt about it. Um, but he's another one coming in. Uh, you look at Andrew Bogut after his NBA career is, I could see Joe Ingles being a potential owner of a team at some stage, um, whether that's an expansion team or a current team. That's just something I could see Ingles wanting to be part of. Um, but I think a lot of it, uh, for what he does, it's so family-orientated that he knows the biggest influence he has is going to be probably past the basketball court with, with what he's doing for his family and the, some of the awareness and stuff that he's raising um, for autism and stuff, which is just great. Well, we're just... Fingers and toes and all things crossed that he recovers well and then that whatever happens is that he gets to do it on his own terms because I think he's someone that uh, deserves to do that. I think he played 635 out of a possible 650 games uh, in his time in in the NBA, which is just phenomenal. Um, 
the NBL season obviously back in earnest and they're doing everything they can to make sure that games get played. And I reckon Larry um, and Jeremy would have been very, very happy, even with some controversy about the events of the weekend because there was just action. There was just action everywhere. Perth flex and muscle over Illawarra. Tassie getting two wins in a row. 36 is beating Melbourne United. We've had a punch on. Matt Hodgson, the brain explosion. It's had everything this round. It has. Uh, and I mean, if you if you cast your mind back to round three, I believe it was, before we had all the COVID interruptions, arguably probably the most jam-packed round uh, of NBL history in terms of we had three games on a Sunday that were just outrageous and the momentum was flying and then COVID hit and COVID hit some players pretty hard and trying to bounce back from that is always tough from all the reports we've heard. So just to get some games back and the quality of games back and all the storylines that are starting to come out, there's so much left of the season that... Uh, it's really setting up to be a blockbuster end. I think the top three or four teams are starting to separate a little bit from the pack, and uh, there's a big race on uh, to just keep in touch with the finals. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Um, the Tassie two wins in a row and the emotion of Coach Scott Roth, uh, especially after the first one, and then to be able to get the job done in consecutive games, that's massive for them because if you if you're gonna if you get you need. We've seen the South East Melbourne Phoenix do it. You have to have an impact straight away. You've got to be competitive straight away. And they've now been able to string together um, four wins on the season. Yeah, they have. Uh, you talk about having an impact straight away. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the ladder or in the win and the loss column. I think that's the most important thing about Tassie. And, and they know they've got a talent deficit on the rest of the team, the uh, rest of the league. That's just what the team has been put together. And uh, the two wins have been massive, but it's the way they play. They can trouble a lot of teams get these wins by playing that tough, hard-nosed style of play uh, when they get up and in defensively and kind of build that culture. And, and any time you start a new franchise, it's about implementing a, a winning culture. It doesn't necessarily have to translate to wins immediately, but setting in stone from the jump what you're going to be about. I think Scott Roth's uh, enjoyment and energy post-game after that win uh, the other night was something that really sets it up, and, and the crowd love it. That's sort of the whole part about having a pro sport down in Tassie, they all get around it. And I can't wait to get down there, actually. From all reports, it's a, it's a really good, fun night out with the, the games right on the water there at the Derwent Entertainment Centre. Adelaide have done something that not many have been able to do to Melbourne United this year, and that's get a win uh, in overtime. Dusty Hannah's amazing. Mitch McCarron, pivotal as well. It's going to put a rocket up Melbourne United, you'd expect. And they're back at home this week uh, for the first time, I think, since mid-December. Um, look out, Tassie. Well, I mean, honestly, I can say from experience, there is no worse time to lose to a team that you should be beating when you have uh, a seven-day break coming up with Dean Vickerman. Uh, you get absolutely rocketed at practice, but he knows in the end uh, there is, is exactly the kind of the, the slap in the face they needed. They, they need to be playing their best basketball. Um, and they know Chris Golding was 0 of 16, which will never happen again in this lifetime and the next. So they know they missed a lot of shots. They still had opportunities to win the game. So... Definitely no, no, nothing to be really concerned about. Uh, but it's just a big win for Adelaide. I think they need to try and find some consistency as well. And what better way to try and start that than beating the reigning champs? What did you make of the two open hand slaps of Matt Hodgson to uh, DJ Vasiljevic? Um, obviously, we don't want to see unsavoury incidents in the game. What needs to happen? Oh, I think he's going to get uh, a nice little lengthy sit on the sideline. It's just not on. Um, and from all reports, it was just a complete brain fade. There was nothing really said. I don't think there's probably a couple things that could be actually said in that kind of moment that would warrant a reaction like that. And 
unfortunately, he went back to seconds, which was even sillier than the initial strike to the face. So, yeah, I would, I'm not sure how many games he'll get, but the Tribunal will have a look at that, and he'll be spending some time on the sideline. Uh, Pete Hawley, before we let you go, just a couple more from me. The um, report today, Matt Logue uh, has, is reporting that there are several NBA teams that have already been in contact with the NBL to try and organise pre-season games with um, with NBL sides for next season. How big a show of respect uh, is that from, from these NBA teams to what's happening in the NBL? I mean, they've seen it when we, we played the pre-season games already before the last two years of COVID ruined it. And yeah, there's been a couple of games that have been blown out, but I've just got to, you just got to cast your mind back to that game against OKC. I was sitting there, I broke my ankle the day before, but uh, we lost by one point against Westbrook, Camelo Anthony, Paul George, like a stacked Thunder outfit. So the competition's there and you don't go over there really expecting to win. You go over there just to to showcase the NBL. And there's a reason the NBA is what it is. It's always going to be better and that level above. Otherwise, players wouldn't be here. But no, it just shows how, how big the league's gotten in such a quick, short period of time. And just to be able to have those games back will be awesome. I, I, I can't wait to see it. And I hope that a few teams get the chance to do it. And if it's multiple games again, then, then so be it. But I'm sure Larry and Jeremy and all that are trying to figure out the best way to go about it. Mate, always love catching up with you. You're doing a very, very good job uh, on the NBL broadcast. I've got to say, getting a lot of airtime, and rightly so, nailing it every time you do, looking very sharp as well. It's just all things coming up, Pete Hooley, and I love it. Oh, thanks, mate. I think I'll see you on the 13th of Feb if you're if you're around at John Kane Arena. Yeah, I'm, I think I can make time for you. <laughs> all right, well, I'll see you there. I uh, love your work, mate. Thanks for chatting. Thanks, mate. Have a good one.